Okay. Uh, so, hey, everybody. This is the first episode of Tara and Andrew versus the Scarecrow Video Movie Guide. I'm Andrew. I'm Tara. And uh, so, this is our first time podcasting, so it's going to be probably awkward. But just bear with us. It'll, it'll get better eventually. So, we decided to do a podcast about uh, movies because there really there aren't enough podcasts about movies out there right now. Specifically, we are doing a, a podcast where we're going through the Scarecrow Video Movie Guide. So Scarecrow Video, if you're not from Seattle, is uh, kind of a, a Seattle institution. It's a, a video store that's been around for about 30 years or so. They've got a huge collection of movies, like really eclectic stuff, esoteric eclectic stuff. Uh, like over 130,000 different titles there, I think. And so they put out a movie guide. There's been a few different editions of it. So we've got the Scarecrow movie guide here. It's a pretty hefty book. It's uh, several hundred pages full of blurbs about movies that they felt were worthy of including. And so what we're going to be doing is uh, basically randomly picking a movie and watching it and giving our somewhat well-educated opinions, I guess, would you say? Feedback, tidbits that we uh, thought might be interesting for our listeners and... Um, yeah, just talk about our own opinions and then kind of give a more informed uh, idea of, uh, after like looking at people who know what they're talking about, what they've said about this movie. So it'll be partially us giving uninformed opinions and then partially giving, like, uh, aggregate of people who know what they're talking about, so it'll be at least somewhat informative, we hope. Hopefully. Hopefully. So I guess, what uh, what are our qualifications, would you say, Tara, for, for uh, talking about movies? Well, we certainly like movies a lot. Uh, we watch a ton of them. Maybe not as much as a film critic, but we definitely are are big movie fans in general, and um, one aspect of that is going to SIF every year, mm -hmm. Seattle International Film Festival. It uh, generally works out to, on average, I think 15 movies a year at yeah. SIF uh, over yeah. the course of the, the about three, three, or four three weeks. or four weeks that, that it runs. Our tastes kind of lean towards, would you say, like, weird shit? Would that be yeah, a Yeah, we, we like a lot of weird shit. Yeah. Um, even if we think it might not be the best made movie ever. Um, if it's got some sort of entertainment value or maybe some sort of interesting aesthetic or story to it, then we're definitely down for seeing it. But I, I think our tastes are pretty eclectic in general. Yeah. Uh, we watch a lot of horror movies or dramas or mm. comedies. Both of us grew up watching... A ton of Mystery Science Theater 3000. Yeah. Which, uh... I think that's one of the things that's going to be interesting about this, because looking through the, the movie guide, there have been several movies that have been featured on Mystery Science Theater that are listed in here, and so we're picking movies at random, so we could end up with something great, or we could end up with something god-awful, and so That's there's... kind of the beauty of the Scarecrow uh, movie guide. Exactly. So. Yeah, so I think, you know, another reason why it... It's uh, interesting for us to do this randomly, at least interesting for us, maybe not for you, but uh, because our tastes tend to lean more towards the horror, creepy shit side of things when, you, when we want to see movies, this will kind of broaden our horizons, maybe, um, by getting us to see movies that we wouldn't necessarily have thought to pick out on our own. Yeah, like, 
last year we started doing this thing where we were taking the guide and, and kind of going at the beginning and trying to um, pick movies that we each thought would be somewhat interesting to watch. And so we ended up seeing a lot of things that we normally wouldn't have picked out. Um, and I think it definitely broadened our horizons and exposed us to movies that we wouldn't necessarily have just seen it, we wouldn't have come across it in Scarecrow mm-hmm. and been like, oh, let's bring this home and watch it. Yeah. But I think this will force it even more. Yeah, it's, I think, I don't know. With it being sort of a focused effort like this, I am less likely to fall asleep during a movie. I hope, yeah, I think, that's true. Is uh, a problem that we ran into when we were just kind of doing this for our own uh, entertainment. So this will actually get me to pay attention. Um, yeah, so basically, we're going to pick a, a movie at random from the guide. So I guess we'll just do that now i'm gonna yeah uh, i'll flip through the book and then you just you tell me when to stop one of our rules is that there are no takebacks or vetoes we're basically stuck with whatever we randomly choose unless it happens to be a movie that uh one or both of us have already seen so that is the one um one the rule. one firm rule that we have for, for now we'll see we, yeah we might end up getting stuck with it a movie could, that's 10 hours long and be like, all right we gotta we gotta rework this this <laughs> yeah. rule and who um, knows, as this podcast goes along, maybe that will evolve or we'll we'll come up with rules that we hadn't thought of that would make sense. But for now, that's what we're sticking with. Yeah, so we'll see. So let's learn as we go, basically. All right, so I'm just going to close my eyes and uh, I'll start flipping through the book at random. You just tell me when to stop. Stop. Okay, all right. And then I guess you close your eyes and you'll point at a random movie. Just, all right. So... Uh, okay. So, Frankenstein meets the Wolfman. Uh, the nineteen forty-two. Have you seen this? <laughs> no, I've okay. definitely seen a lot of movies from around that time frame. Um, a lot, you know, the the big classics. But I've never really gotten into the whole this monster versus that monster versus Abbott and Costello yeah. the most frightening monster. <laughs> um, I've managed to avoid those, I think. But uh, here right. we go. It's a, it's a, it's a, uh, interesting. It's a good start for us, yeah. I think. Um, all right, so I'm just going to read the, uh, the blurb here from the, the book. So uh, it's a 1942 horror slash classic horror is uh, how they categorize it. And uh, so they say, Naysayers be damned. Frankenstein meets the Wolfman really gives Bride of Frankenstein a run for its money as the best Frankenstein sequel, though it's really more of a sequel to the Wolfman. While not as poetic, beautiful, or truly in- as important as Bride, Frankenstein meets the Wolfman is gold. I devote quite a bit of conscious thought pondering what would happen if the monster were to meet up. This is, okay, I guess that's just the the sentence there. Anyway, uh, this film is one of the few accurate representations of what would probably occur if the monsters were to meet. To to paraphrase Mr. Show, it wouldn't be a mash, it would be some kind of horrible battle. They get together, it's going to be a terrifying battle. They're not going to get along, much less have a, a bash of some kind. And that's exactly what happens. They wisely delay the conflict to the final scene, and surprisingly, it exceeded my expectations. The whole film is a marvel to behold, and I've seen it far more times than I care to admit. Uh, Frankenstein meets the Wolfman is the apex of classic horror camp. Well, interesting. I've definitely seen Frankenstein and Bride of Frankenstein, but I don't believe I ever saw the Wolfman. Yeah, I've really seen very few of uh, the classic uh, Frankenstein whatever movie is so it's it's a point of shame for me but i guess we'll, we'll start working on it i know please uh so 
Yeah, I think, well, I, I have seen, I'm pretty sure there was a Scooby-Doo episode based on <laughs> <laughs> this, this but, premise. Yeah, I'm sure that's going to help us a lot going yeah, into this. The Scooby-Doo episode yeah. that I saw, 15, not, not even 15, God, I'm, I'm old, so it would have been more like... 20, 25? 25, maybe. <laughs> Uh, even that's probably a little old. Anyway, yeah. Well, we'll see how this goes. Uh, so yeah, I'm, we're gonna take a brief break here, and then we will ba- be back to give our thoughts on Frankenstein meets the Wolfman. What did you think about it, Tara? Well, it put me on the spot okay. there. No, it's fine. Well, certainly by modern standards, it is not in the least bit scary. No. At all. Agreed. I thought some of the sets were actually pretty um, detailed mm-hmm. and well done, considering you'd think something like Frankenstein meets the Wolfman, you know, there, maybe their standards would be... Yeah, it seems, flipping uh, in a lot of aspects. Right, it seems like it would be like a quick cash in. So just, yeah, yeah. Um, so uh, that that kind of struck me in a positive light. I know we both commented that the wolf transformation scenes were pretty well done as well. The the first one was for sure. Yeah, like that because that was kind of like a still shot when so like Lon Chaney Jr. is in the hospital after escaping his tomb at the start of the movie, uh, and. He's in the hospital, and then he, there's a full moon, and he transforms into the wolfman while he's laying in his hospital bed. Like, it's not changing angles or being deceptive, really. It's just like a... a I'm sure it's, yeah, just clever editing, like yeah. being very careful to have it set up properly right. so everything lines up, so yeah. you can just slice them together, but right. it was, still very well done. Yeah, it was a pretty convincing shot. One of the things that I was looking at, one of the reviews, saying that it was one of the most convincing wolfman transitions in, like, in the, the entire series. So yeah. I guess if we're gonna see a Wolfman movie, that's that's probably good that we saw the best they have to offer in terms of Wolfman transformations. Right. Uh, we're done now. We don't need to see anything else. We <laughs> check that off the list. But I think what you have to know, well, pay attention to really going into the movie is that it is Frankenstein meets the Wolfman and not like Frankenstein versus the Wolfman, because there really is not a lot of conflict between the two. They're, they're kind of pals for a good portion of the movie. For the majority of the time that they've known each other in the movie. Yes. Yeah. So, like, if you're expecting to see the, the two duking it out, you're going to be disappointed for, like, 95% of the movie. And then even when they do fight, it's kind of a <clears throat> surprise, like, what set that off, really? Yeah. It, I don't know. It's just kind of a funny turn. Yeah. It's, like, I mean, I guess it's also important to note that, like, the... It's pretty Wolfman heavy up front. Like, the movie is 70 minutes long or something close to that. 74 minutes, I think. Okay, yeah. And, uh, like, the first half hour of it, it's just, like, entirely Wolfman, which is fine because, you know, Lon Chaney Jr. does a pretty good job as someone who's, you know, struggling with being an immortal monster man. Yeah, I mean, he kind of elicits a lot of empathy in the Mm -hmm. viewer, I think, compared to the the Frankenstein monster. 
Yeah. Um, who is just kind of like this bumbling doofus. But, um, yeah, it, yeah, it's definitely for something that starts off in the title as Frankenstein. Yeah, it's very Wolfman heavy. Right, you're like you're. It's it's basically you're just like waiting and waiting. Like, come on, Frankenstein, let's let's get that. How are they gonna make this happen? Yeah, and then uh, it happens, and it's not really that impressive most of the time. Like, right. I mean, Bela Lugosi is playing Frankenstein, and it's just a lot of like shambling around mostly, which. Is not necessarily any fault of Bela Lugosi. Like, yeah. I, it, from what we read after watching the movie, his part had a lot more to it than ended up in the final cut of the movie. At the same time, uh, Bela Lugosi turned 60 during the filming and was yeah. dealing with some health issues, so, so there was a lot of stand-ins or stuntmen. Yeah, so I guess there, that lumbering can be kind of excused to an extent. Yeah. Um, some, it, it's, it's funny because in some... Some aspects of the movie, there's such a great attention to detail, it seems, but then in other aspects, it's a very typical sort of 40s Universal Studios movie where there's, it's, oh yeah, it's taking place in Wales, but not a single person at all <laughs> seems Welsh. Yeah. Like, there's five million different <laughs> accents, none of them are Welsh. Yeah, no. Like, the, the one guy where, I forget what his, his role was, but he was supposed to, oh, like one of the villagers, he was, um... In the village where the wolfman, where he died, where his tomb was, well, I guess he didn't really die, where his tomb was, um, he escaped from, he was being questioned later on, and he almost had kind of a Scottish accent. And how many times is the moon full? Yeah. There were so many times that they that the wolfman transformed there's, there's in like the movie. At least four times, which is fine, but you don't really feel any progression of time because right. it feels like it could be like all taking place over the, the course of the same week. Yeah. Except for the fact that there, there's four full moons. At least. Yeah. At least. But it really kind of seems like it's okay. Here's one day, he he transforms, and then here's the next day happening, and he transforms. Yeah. Obviously, that's not the case. But they didn't do a good job of portraying that the, yeah, passing of time. The passage of time. It's really, it's like, you can tell time is passing, but it doesn't, doesn't feel like it anyways. Oh my god, that dang festival. Yeah, so like halfway through the movie, the, uh, the, the wolfman. So the wolfman's trying to find a way to die, yeah. essentially. And so he meets up with this gypsy woman who tells him of this Dr. Frankenstein who... By everything she knows, he might be able to help the help the Wolfman. Help break the curse break of the eternal curse life. Break the curse and end his life. So they go um, to this village where Dr. Frankenstein had lived. He finds out that the doctor is dead. Things don't seem to be going well. Anyway, he meets up with Frankenstein's daughter, Elsa. And they end up going to this new wine festival. Yeah. <laughs> and it's just so bizarre. New wine. It's the best wine. The newest. The yeah. newest. Uh, the new, newer you, the better, really. Is right. What you, want with wine. you don't want that aged wine. <laughs> yeah. It's it's this bizarre. Like it's not. I'm not even sure where it's taking place. Really. Where, I, I'm so, I'm guessing somewhere in Germany or not far off. It, it's not really clarified where they are in Europe, but they're yeah, definitely just in, Europe, just, in continental Europe. All of a sudden, they break out into song. It's I mean, the entire village. <laughs> so you know, there's going to be music at a festival, but for a you know, for what's ostensibly a horror movie, you don't really expect there to be, like, a musical number 
yeah. like a lengthy musical number. Very lengthy. So there's this one guy who's really leading the song and kind of everybody else is sort of joining in at the chorus. So he's going around to different people at this festival and singing directly to them. So he goes up to like the mayor of the town and talks about how everybody respects him and loves him. He's like the best like dude in the whole village. And then he goes up to the table where uh, the wolfman is hanging out with Elsa Frankenstein and he starts singing about, oh, look at this couple, hope you enjoy a nice long life sort of thing. And that just sets him off. What do, what do you mean an eternal life? I don't know what you're talking about. I'm not a wolfman, guys. <laughs> Literally, the guy sings, for life is short. The wolfman goes, but I don't want eternal life. <laughs> like, that's uh, good, subtle, like, way to... Yeah, play, play as, cool. as yeah, if... Play cool, wolfman. Well, it's like he thinks that this guy senses in him that yeah. he's a wolfman or something. I don't know. Yeah. Like, it's it's very... He just, he's wearing it on his sleeve. Not at all subtle. R- ridiculous. Like, the whole that whole section is ridiculous, but especially just the, the musical number culminating in the wolfman <laughs> freaking out and uh, thinking his secret has been revealed. <laughs> the whole insistence. Anybody can ask anybody to dance at this festival. <laughs> like, oh. Yeah, well, so... Well, well, well. So it's like... Oh, the, the men can ask any woman to dance that he wants. And then also Frankenstein is like, and vice versa. And we're like, uh, okay. Cool. So it's a dance then. I mean, all right. Good. Great dialogue. Good, yeah. Thank, uh, I'm glad that you took away all of Frank the Frankenstein monster's dialogue, <laughs> but you left in yeah. that kind of crap. While we were like kind of reading up on it, we realized it, there's a lot of weird kind of mouth movement from... Um, Frankenstein, yeah. yeah, from Bill Lugosi's Frankenstein, and then, like, after reading up on the movie afterwards, we realized it was because, uh, originally, I guess, the script, uh... He had a lot of dialogue, there was a lot more going on with his character in the movie, like, there's this whole thing about him being blind, and that's part of why he's so bumbling mm-hmm. uh, throughout the movie, but... Uh, test audiences did not react well to Bella Lugosi's accent coming out of the monster. It sounded like the crew was kind of making fun of it too. So sure. They, they were like, oh, we can't, this, maybe we should not have so much of the, the monster talking. Right. But, um, so they just cut it out entirely. And it, it's unfortunate because, it, like, from the sound of it, it was going to be a lot more authentic to uh, Mary Shelley's Frankenstein, uh, like, where, you know, the monster was really pretty intelligent, actually. So it would have been interesting to. To see that, although I guess it, it wouldn't really fit in well with the, the universe canon, with Frankenstein suddenly becoming super eloquent or anything. Right. Yeah. So if you're if you're <laughs> gonna watch it, definitely don't expect anything horrific. Don't expect anything chilling. It's kind of an interesting movie. There's definitely scenes that you're gonna you're gonna watch it, and it, I don't know. It's just gonna be ridiculous. Yeah, I mean, it's not, you know, it's not without its merits or anything, but it's 74 minutes, so yeah. if, if you... It's brisk. If your your curiosity is piqued, you know, you're not going to be very sorry that you watched it or anything, but it's not a must-see, necessarily. Well, one thing that I read afterward that was of interest, I think, to modern... I don't know, I wouldn't say aficionados, because this isn't my jam when you were talking about movies, but this is the very first this monster meets this monster yeah. or any sort of movie where two monsters 
meet up or fight each other or any sort of combination of franchises. Um, so, so I don't know, for better or for worse, I guess you can blame this movie for all those like Alien versus Predator. Freddy versus Jason. Yeah, for all that kind of junk. How much, uh, really, it does make me wonder what a Freddy meets Jason would have been like. It's just like a much more amiable movie between the two of them. You know, what, what could have been, I guess. That's all I really have on my my notes that I, that I yeah, took. Yeah, that about wraps it up for me. Yeah, so I guess see it, maybe. Watch it if you want. I don't know. We're yeah. not the boss of you. We can't stop you from watching the movie. So if you'll go ahead. It's, it's, there's, there are worse ways to spend an hour and 15 minutes, I'll say. Definitely. All right, so I guess that's it. We will try to have another episode out shortly. And before we go, I just wanted to thank the dudes from the band Boat who uh, allowed us to use their song Lately as an On My Back from the album Setting the Faces. They're good guys, and uh, we really appreciate them letting us use their music. And we'll put a link to the webpage or whatever uh, on the podcast page. Bye! Bye!